Monster 187. Two sisters that love listening to true crime podcasts and decided to give this shit a try. Since we are Texas through and through, we will be researching murders across our Lone Star State. 187 is slang for the penal code for homicide. Since police codes are unique by city and county, we decided to simply use something that most people would get. We know this code isn't specific to Texas, but hey, we like it and it's our podcast, so we do what we want. Lone Star 187 is intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Case file 44, Juan Guerrero Chapa. We're back. Another story for you guys. This one's a crazy, crazy ass story. I know we say that every time, but this is like next level crazy. Oh, wait. I'm Carrie. I'm Brittany. And we're Lone Lone Star 187. 187. Coming at you live from the podcast room. Looking at the murder map. Okay, so. Where are we going? Where are we at? You know where we're at this time? Are we hot? We We have not done a story here. This is fairly close. We're in South Lake, Texas. South Lake? Yes. South Lake is... Bougie. Definitely. Um, It is 30 miles west of Plano, around 30 miles. Um, The population is about 31,000. And South Lake is ranked in the top 10 as one of the richest places in Texas. Just some examples of the subdivisions... In this city are Coventry Manor, Monticello, and the Enclave. Oh, Enclave. Yes. Oh, yes. Um, seeing, fam- seeing famous athletes are a common sight. Like uh, the PGA golfer Rory Sabatini lives there, as well as DeMarcus Ware. I don't know if he still does, but at the time of the story, he did. Where? Where? Uh-uh. I'm not <laughs> going down that. I'm not, not doing it. DeMarcus Ware, Where? are you? Well, um, and that's like plastic surgery heaven. Yes. That's where like all, not all, but majority of like the famous plastic surgeons are. I mean, they're smart. That's, they're going to follow the money. So yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of silicone and a Surprised lot of lip people. injections and a lot of Botox and Non-express. nobody frowns or smiles. and No expressions. Yeah. Are they having a good day? You don't know. Are you they don't alive? Know. You don't know. You don't know. They might just be like weekend at Bernie's. They could just be like. Fake, fake alive. The public schools are ranked amongst the best in the country. Um, South Lake Carroll High School, and I, I know you're familiar with that name. They have one of the best football pro- programs. Not a program. Oh, not a program. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Shit's falling apart. <clears throat> Shit's Creek. Here we go. They have one of the best football programs in the state. They've won 20 state titles since 1975, so they're good. And they also have... Um, titles in other sports in this school. Let's let's go down the list. Are you ready? I'm ready. Get your popcorn. Okay. Wrestling, golf, cross country, swimming, baseball, soccer, basketball, diving. I'm not done. Track and field, hockey, m- marching band, and lacrosse. All of those sports have won titles. That's hockey? fucking ridiculous. There's not a lot of schools that have hockey teams. This one does. They have a really nice town square there, as most cities do. But this one is like 
bougie level. So are we gonna go? Uh, it's I've been there. I was I was there, there last Saturday having dinner. But yeah, it's it's really cool. We should we're gonna have to go. You know what? We can go there and go live. Okay. We can go to the spot where this situation happened. Yeah. The situation's gonna be there. Sitch, Big Daddy Sitch. BDS. <laughs> Um, so the, the, the square isn't like the normal ones. It's like, it's got really fancy architecture and old fashioned street lamps. So it's kind of, it's really, it is really cool. The police department averages one or two arrests a day. Most of them are, uh, property theft, minor drug offenses or occasional, occasional public intoxication or DUI. Where's the beach? I gotta find the beach. I still have the fucking COVID wheeze. So do you want to know the top 10 most uh, richest cities? I have them listed. Okay. Hey, number one is Terrell Hills, which is in San Antonio. The median, that's the most expensive that's one? That's the first one. Okay. The, the median household income, which is average, 175 grand. Bel Air, which is close to Houston, median household income there is 200,000. Number three, Highland Park. Household income two hundred thousand. Number four is Melissa, which surprised really? me. Really? Yeah. It says the average income there is one hundred thirteen grand. Uh, West University Place at number five, which is close to Houston, two hundred fifty for that median household. Uh, number six is Trophy Club, which is close to South Lake, right? Um, that household income is one hundred forty-two grand. Number seven is Willow Park, DFW area, that's one twenty, and number eight is South Lake. And it says the median household income is two hundred and thirty grand. Oh my god! Uh, number nine is Fair Oaks Ranch, which is in San Antonio, and number ten is Coppell. So more than Coppell? half of these. Really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know Coppell was that wealthy. Uh, the median household income there is one hundred twenty-three grand. Yeah. I mean, I say that like I don't even yeah. live near that. <laughs> I'm like, that's mm, just pennies. Take your petulance money and go. Give me the quarter of a mil, please. <laughs> Okay, <clears throat> we're at, it is May 22nd, 2013. We are already done with summer. Like, we don't even, like, it's just now hitting us, and we're, not, we're, we're done with summer. We don't, we don't even want to be there. We're not ready for August. So there is a couple, um, a guy by the name of Juan and his wife, Julia. Which one? Oh, my God. I don't want to tell you. <laughs> I'm just wondering. I don't want you to know. <laughs> Wondering what you mean. I don't want you to know. Which one were you discussing? Can you on? <laughs> Focus, Jenkins. <sighs> Shit. We are never going to get through this if we, we start like to. this. It is almost midnight. It's already 11.52. Juan and his wife, Julia, decide they're going to go to the town square around 6 p.m. on this Wednesday night in summer in Texas. A fucking get. Bad idea. So they park... Across from a yogurt shop, which is uh, Juan's favorite place to get yogurt. So they go in, they get their yogurt, they come back outside and they sit on a bench. And they're sitting on this bench and they're having their yogurt. They walk around a little bit when they're done. Uh, She wants to go into Nine West to buy some shoes. While they're inside the store, two men drive by in a rental car and park in a very specific spot where they can see, um, they have a very clear view of a Range Rover, which happens to belong to one so the couple leaves nine west and they go back to their range rover and about the, at this time it's like 6 45 so it's still light outside mm-hmm. 
So Juan gets in the passenger seat and Julia goes around to the back side, goes to the driver's back seat Mm -hmm. to put the stuff in the car that she bought. About this time, a white Toyota Sequoia pulls up behind the Rover. A man gets out with a nine millimeter pistol. The guy was wearing a hoodie and a bandana covering his face. What is it with these damn hoodies? He walks up to the passenger side of the Range Rover, raised the pistol, and starts firing. Just at Juan? Yes. He walks up to the Range Rover, to the passenger side where Juan is, and just starts shooting. Uh, The first two shots come from behind. I'm going to start calling Guerrero because that's what I have in here. And it's, it's, I don't want to have to go back and forth. So two shots come from behind him. Uh, One of them causing broken glass of the the window of the Range Rover because it was rolled up. Mm-hmm. Glass splinters everywhere on the ground. As Goro turned, he tried to scramble into the back seat. So he's sitting in the passenger seat. So he tries to like climb over the console to get into the back seat. Multiple shots enter his side and his back. Then the shooter returned to the Toyota Sequoia and the driver speeds off. So Guerrero is slumped over motionless between the front seats. Blood's dripping from his mouth onto the tan leather of the Range Rover, right? His wife, who wasn't hurt, goes over to her husband. She looks at him for a second, and then she just starts screaming, both in English and in Spanish. Um, within seconds, there were sirens. A, a crowd gathered on the lawn in front of a nearby gazebo. Police officers pushed away bystanders as EMTs pulled him from the car and tried to resuscitate him on the sidewalk across from Banana Republic. He was immediately rushed to a hospital a few miles away, but he he was dead at the scene, like... I don't, I think they knew, but they just were going to like hope. Um, There were surveillance cameras around the town square, but none of them captured the murder or the face of the shooter. But they do have, there is video surveillance of the car, the, Mm -hmm. the, the Koya, like up, it's like a high camera looking down. So you can see the car. They can see when it pulls up until it takes off. That entire time took less than 10 seconds. From the time they pulled up, got out, shot him, got back in the car and drove off was 10 seconds. Less than 10 seconds. Dang, they work fast. Hitman. Okay. Yeah. Hitman. So South Lake Police Chief Steve Milet told reporters, obviously this is a well-orchestrated and deliberate act involving a specific target. The crime appeared to be the work of an organization that is trained to do this kind of activity. I mean, they rolled in, rolled it less than 10 seconds. That That isn't something that you... Get lucky doing. No, that's calculated. That's very, and that means you've done that before. If you're able to like get that shit done and get out that quickly and just disappear, you know what the fuck you're doing, right? Of course, the brazenness of this crime shocked the residents of South Lake because there hadn't been a murder in that town in more than a decade, and nothing this dramatic happened since Bonnie and Clyde killed two state troopers nearby. So I don't know where that happened, mm-hmm. but it must be close to South Lake, and that was in the 30s. Autopsy reports later revealed that he had been shot 10 times and had cocaine in his system. And he was shot 10 times in less than, like, probably 7 seconds. And the I... The time that it takes to get out of the car, shoot him, and come back. I stole some of this from a Texas Monthly article, mm-hmm. and re- everything else was from the newspapers.com. But to quote Texas Monthly, this is what they wrote. Seems like the Mexican drug cartel violence had arrived in South Lake. Be prepared. Dang, cartel so, in our backyard. That's yes, scary. wait till you hear this. Okay, so Juan Jesus Guerrero Chapa and his wife, 
Julia, moved to South Lake in 2011. They lived in a $1 million mansion. They did not have many friends in the area, but they spend a lot of their evenings at the town square. I don't have any other information on their background except for the other stuff that I'm going to read. It turns out Guerrero is identified in a federal court document as the acting leader of a notorious Mexican cartel, which is rare because most of the time, these kinds of people, drug cartel people, mm -hmm. seldom try to hide in the U.S. Usually, it's very unusual to find high-ranking leaders like him in Texas, especially in North Texas, um, because cartels use North Texas in this area for, a, they call it a jumping-off point. Mm -hmm to spread their distribution network. Like, um, because the Dallas region, several freeways, small airports, allows for direct routes into the Midwest and beyond. Um, okay, so the men who shot him had been stalking him for months. Not for four months, but for a long time. Um, as head of the Gulf Cartel, which is the cartel he was a part of, mm -hmm. the Gulf Cartel, mm -hmm. um, he ran a large criminal enterprise whose activities included murders, narcotics, trafficking, kidnapping, extortion, bribery, money laundering, and torture. That's like the definition of cartel. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, court records said he had been living in fear because he'd been found by people who wanted to kill him. Um, he represented members of a drug cartel whose leaders were recently sentenced to U.S. federal prison. So he was an attorney, an attorney's office in McAllen, but he wasn't practicing at this time. He was in the cartel. So he basically had to be an attorney for these drug guys and had to try to get them off. Okay. Um, so recently, the people that he had to... He was scared because the last members that, of the cartel that he represented were sentenced to federal prison. So it didn't work out the way they wanted. So I think that was part of why he was scared. Okay, it didn't, that's fair. I mean, if he can't make it happen, he can't make it happen. But... but they're, That's sure a reason to be scared. Well, and I'm sure they're paying him a pretty penny to I'm put sure. out of prison. And the fact that he can't control that decision. It's pretty bad to take the money if mm -hmm. you know you can't control it, right? Mm -hmm. um, although they don't have hard evidence that he was the lawyer for some of the other people, it's kind of an assumption. Okay. okay? A Mexico City-based news magazine, uh, I think it's called Proceso, reported that he was a lawyer, lawyer for drug dealers. And um, they believed he participated in the legal defense of all members of the Gulf cartel, which is what I'm saying. I, mm -hmm. He's saying he's not. There's no proof. But if that's your role in this cartel, you know you got to do it. The shoe fits, dude. Well, and if they tell you that's your job, that's your job. Yeah. Whether you like it or not, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You're going to do what they tell you to do. Yep. It's also rumored that Guerrero was the personal attorney to the Gulf cartel leader, Osiel Cardenas Goyen. This guy is already in prison serving a 25-year sentence in the U.S. on drug trafficking and other charges. So he didn't really get off either. So it doesn't sound like this guy's a very good attorney. He did not do very well in school, mm -hmm. I feel. <laughs> um, now, the cartel's selective, but if they want to kill somebody, they'll do it, as you can see, right? Obviously, yeah. Um, Fred Burton, who works for Stratford Global Intelligence... And his job, this company, monitors the cartels. They monitor the area, the areas that they influence, their drug routes. And there's a perception that these guys don't do that kind of stuff here. But clearly, as you can see, they do. Um, and he said, if you live in a large city in America, in all likelihood, there is cartel presence there. No city is untouched anymore. That's scary. And here's another scary thing. 
Six of the eight major cartels operate in Texas. I believe that because we're right next to Mexico. Yeah. So do you want to know the name of the six? Los Zetas, Gulf Cartel, La Familia Michoacana. These three overlap in their areas of operation, but they roughly have the eastern half of Texas. Um, the Beltrain Leva Organization, they, they're based along the Gulf Coast, which I don't know why theirs isn't called Gulf Cartel, but that's just me. There's the, the Juarez Cartel and the Sinaloa Cartel. Those two primarily operate in West Texas. So that's kind of scary. I mean, I know we have a giant state. It's massive. I mean, I feel like anytime I hear these stories about the cartel, if you don't mess with them, they don't mess with you. For the most part. So like as a civil, like just a civilian, like walking around, hearing there's a cartel in the area makes you nervous because if they a gunfight goes out, you could be a victim. But I don't feel attacked. I mean, you could be attacked in the the trafficking way. I mean that that's that's the part that scares me because wherever they go, crime follows. Trafficking is the thing that I stick with the most because. Ironically, today when I was working from home, I was watching it's one of those channels that we watch. ID. Oxygen. Mm-hmm. HLN. ID. And there was an episode of, I don't remember the name of it, but it was that story of that girl that, um, something Varto, the one, the girl that lived in Denton that was trafficked and they found her. I don't remember. But anyway, it was, it was ironic that I was working on this story or worked on it over the week. And here we are talking about a trafficking thing, like just mm-hmm. in Denton. It was, it was crazy. Okay. So, so far, so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Wes Ball and Warren St. John are the lawyers for the two who wrote in the document that Guerrero was the attorney for the head of this large drug, drug cartel. Mm-hmm. Um, Guerrero took over the operations when the other, the Cardenas guy, put, had to go to jail. So yeah. maybe they think he did, didn't uh, do a good job trying to be his attorney because he knew he would take over if he went to jail. So maybe there's mm-hmm. that too, right? But that guy, Cardenas, was forced to forfeit $50 million. That's how much money he had from his drug trafficking empire. Well, I mean, have you seen Breaking Bad? Yes. Um, They also found thousands of kilograms of cocaine and marijuana. Also, Guerrero was reportedly a government informant, um, which is very dangerous. dangerous. He had been tracked for more than two years by the government. So he was being tracked by the government, so they knew where he was. Uh And he was being tracked by... The cartel because they were trying to kill him. What well, isn't that crazy that this shit was going on like down the street? It's closer to you than mom. Okay, so the defense's allegation kind of explains how complex this whole thing is. So somebody probably thought he was cooperating with the US government, and if he was a cartel leader, that's more reason to take him out. Mm-hmm. So the people that were trying to, to kill him, the people that killed him, that had been stalking him for a couple of months before, the links they went to to try to this is crazy. Early in their search to find him, they tried to get the U.S. deport Guerrero back to Mexico so mm-hmm. they could do it there. Yeah. Um, they even sent a drug dealer four times from November 2012 to January thir- 2013 to pay somebody else a total of 38 grand to like try to get him to come back, like sell him drugs and try to coerce him to go back to Mexico. Didn't work. The plot to kill him formed as early as 2011. So there is a guy named Ledesma Sidepa, C-E-D-E-P-A. 
Girl, I am not going okay. to ask. This guy and his son rented a par- an apartment in Grapevine. This okay. happened in 2011. They set up a surveillance camera in Guerrero's neighborhood, placed a GPS monitor on his car. They traveled from Mexico to South Lake back and forth between March 2011 and until the day they killed him. Mm-hmm. They used email, photographs, and other surveillance tools. They bought and rented several vehicles so they could change cars frequently to avoid detection. Um, They also placed tracking devices on their own cars, as well as multiple vehicles owned by Guerrero and his relatives. And of course, even like his relatives were stopped. mm -hmm. And you would think like he would probably know that he's a target, right? Like especially like if he even said he was scared. Yeah, like he said that earlier. Like I not only am I I'm double dipping here, right? Like I'm working for the cartel, but I'm also a rat and I'm telling the government too. So mm-hmm. like the government knows what I've done. The cartel may know that I'm a rat. So either party could try and kill me. But and I'm mm, part of a cartel. So anybody could want me to But I'm not trying to get out. Like I I, I know I'm trying to make them make that chat up. Yeah. I, I know all these things are happening, but like I'm not doing anything to try to and if he was working with the government, it's not obvious that he was working in a way to try to get out. It seems like he was trying to, to do both sides, like yeah. you said. Yeah. Then I'm sure the government pays him, right, to be an informant. And then he makes money naturally just being as part of the cartel. Um, at some point before this shooting, Guerrero received calls from others to warn him that he was in danger. So people were also, not only did he feel scared, people were telling him, dude. Like, obviously something's wrong. So as soon as he hangs up the phone, he tells his wife, I'm scared. He also told her he didn't want to go back to the house because the people that were looking for him knew where they lived. He told his wife to stop using their cell phones, uh, um, and he was startled that he had been found. I mean, I guess he thought he really was safe here, but mm-hmm. like clearly it didn't work out. I would feel like if you're trying to run from the cartel, anywhere in Texas would not be good. Well, anywhere in the U.S., that's what they were saying. It's And maybe because it's rare, he thought he would get away with it. Mm-hmm. But if they're doing business here, it's just like a little side project to find you. Yeah. I mean, come true. on. Um, and like I mentioned earlier... He, even though he was scared, he still continued with his association with all the criminal use and, and kept using cocaine. So fast forward to September of 2014. So we're, uh, it's been over a year since this happened, mm-hmm. right? Because it happened in May of 2013. Okay. So three men are finally arrested in the connection of the shooting of Guerrero. The men's name are Jesus Gerardo Ledesma Cepeda. Is that one person? That's one person. Was indicted by a federal grand jury on a charge of interstate stalking. He also identified a guy, Jose Luis Cepeda Cortez. Those two were arrested and they arrested another person, but he was booked into jail as John Doe. Both of the men that were arrested waived their rights for uh, to a preliminary hearing and were transported from McAllen where they were found mm-hmm. to North Texas for court proceedings. It's interesting that they were in McAllen, right? Right? Because isn't that where he was before? That's where um, Guerrero practiced law. Yeah. Mm. Okay. I smell fish. Yeah. Okay. In 2016, so this whole time they were in jail, they're still trying to figure out like the, I mean, they've got so many people on this case. Can you imagine how quickly the FBI and all that set up? So they find out the cops and everybody puts together that these guys that were had been arrested for stalking now at this point, two years later, because they were arrested in 2014, mm-hmm. 
have been linked to nine other people who were killed or went missing over the years. Mm. Um, two of the people that were arrested were father and son. So the son, I think, is the one that they booked as John Doe and the other guy. So a guy and his son and then the, the guy's cousin. So they were all related. Okay? okay. One of the three was fired, once fired from his job at Southwestern Bell after tapping the phones of his ex-wife and her boyfriend and threatening to kill them. So these aren't good people here. I mean, they're definitely not the boy next door. Yeah. That's for sure. <clears throat> okay, so... Jesus Gerardo and his son, John Doe, we'll call him John Doe, mm -hmm. um, the father-son, and then the other guy is the ho Jose who... Why do you keep calling him a ho? Ho's up, Lewis. <laughs> We're going to call him Lewis. Jesus Gerardo Ledesma Sapita is the dad. That's a whole Jesus lot. Gerardo Ledesma Campano is the son. So it looks like the last name is what identifies them, the okay. last, last... Because like the middle like part, like the middle last name or the last. last so there's name. like the there's like a name, a middle, and a last. And the last and the first are what make them unique. And the middle is the same. Does okay. that make sense? No, anyway, but okay. So they they're all accused of uh, orchestrating the killing of Guerrero, and they all admitted that they stalked him, but they didn't actually do the shooting. Okay, at this point, they don't know who shot him and who. There were four people involved. One, two, three, four. There were five people involved. Two people, no, no accounted for. Hmm. No, John Doe. No, we call him John Doe. Okay, so John Doe testifies that he, his father, and his father's cousin tracked the man on the orders of one of the other cartels, the Bell Train. Um, and the guy that, the member that called this hit is Rodolfo Villarreal Hernandez, A.K.L. A.K.A. El Gato. And if you, yes. Have oh you heard of El Gato I've before? Heard of El Gato. He's the one that called this hit. Damn. That's why he, they did it. Well, and he's bad. And he's on the top 10 most wanted now. There's actually a video. If you Google South Lake press conference, there's a press conference that they held at the site of the shooting where they announced this guy's name, this El Gato guy, and they say he's on the 10. They added him to the 10 most wanted list. I just know if he it. says it, it's going to happen. It's gonna, you got to do what you got to do or you're going to die. Um, so they allowed John Doe to plead guilty to interstate stalking, resulting in death of exchange for testifying against his father and his, and his father's cousin. So he testified against she, them in order to have, have less, some, some life. He said he was involved in the crime. He said he and his father became involved in a group called Grupo Rudo, which was associated with the Beltrain cartel. And his father asked him to help with the technical aspects of the surveillance. And I he when he, he agreed to do it, but I think at the time he agreed, I think he didn't have any idea what he was getting into. No, because we're boomers, they're, right? And, and so we're asking these younger kids to help us with technology. Right. As and they do with they're not going to tell you exactly what's going on. They're going to give you the bare minimum information because they don't want you to know. Right. right? And he probably grow, growing up in that kind of atmosphere, because I'm sure... It's not like it was something new to their lifestyle. No. He probably knew, like, if they ask you to do something, you do it. You don't ask questions. Right. The less you know, the better. Yeah. It's for your safety. Mm -hmm. um, he said his father was hired by El Gato to find Chapa. Uh, an earlier witness said that El Gato wanted to kill Chapa because he thought he was responsible for the death of his father. Damn. So I think it was more about that and not more about, about personal hits. the other thing about... A lot not being able to get the the guys the, the guys that he um was attorney for ended up I think going it was more of a fit. personal matter yeah i mean it says yeah. right here because if elgato thinks you killed his dad you're gone 
Clearly. I keep on thinking you're going to start singing Mr. Roboto <laughs> every time you start saying it. I was really worried that I was going to butcher these names, and I might you, be, but I no, feel like you, I'm doing okay. You're doing better than I think I would do. Um, he said Elgato spent $1 million on the operation and then rewarded him with a BMW and a hunting trip, and the killing was cel- celebrated with a big party. So that was in April. So in May of 2016, uh, jurors deliberated about six and a half hours over two days. Imagine what kind of shit they had to watch. Like what kind of, there was a lot more stuff in here about what these guys had done, but we know how cartels are and mm-hmm. I didn't want to go, right. like there was like beheadings and stuff. Oh, of and course, I, yeah. I was like, you know, we already know they're bad. I put enough in there to kind of, Paint a picture, but I'm not going to... Right. But if you go into the newspapers, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff. I mean, it's crazy. So they convicted uh, the dad and the cousin for interstate stalking, conspiracy to murder for hire. And so that's in May. And so now in December, they're getting the um, sentencing, right? So the dad and the cousin got... Two life sentences plus 20 years to be served concurrently. The kid only got 20 years. So he didn't get the life sentences. Mm -hmm. Sentences like the the older men did, but he got um, 20 years in federal prison and a $250,000 fine. So he'll at least have some kind of life. Yes. Not that... So nobody admitted to being the actual shooter? No. Of course not. The shooter and the driver got away. I'm pretty sure they were all got those men. Directly Elgato's men, right? I mean, Not I shouldn't say that. Like, I don't know what kind of backlash we're going to have. We've never covered a cartel story. This We may get a We were totally out. just kidding. Like, this isn't even like... We don't know what the fuck we're talking about. We so, we're just stuff. a couple of Texas girls. I just reading drink shit. way too many marks. And we're, dra- we're reading shit from the... Well, I mean, actually, this is not from the internet. This is from the newspaper. But it's still from the newspaper. Yeah. I mean, at least back in 2013, back in that day... People did their own research and mm-hmm. did their story and then just like copy it from the news from the internet. Anyway, so what they ended up doing is when they got there, when they parked, they made the cousin and the son get out and go get coffee. So the the son and the cousin were not at the scene when it happened, but they came back, like they they walked away and heard something and came back, and the dad was like, they shot him, they shot him, get in, get in. So they got in and left. So they weren't there, like, in the car when it happened. Mm-hmm. They were, like, away. So it's almost as if they didn't want those two to be as involved, so they gave them an opportunity to not be there. Mm-hmm. But they called them and said, hey, we, we got it. Okay. But still, 10 seconds. It's freaking amazing. Yeah. Like that that, that. Calculated. To, so precise. So I feel bad for his wife. Of course. But at the same time, if you live that lifestyle... There's a reason why you can live in a million dollar. I'm not saying she doesn't have every right to be upset because that's got to be very traumatic what she went through. I mean, mm-hmm. like, so anyway, they're all three in federal prison. I tried to find out what prison, but I couldn't. It didn't say. Probably for their safety. Oh my gosh. So what do you think? I like it. I never even knew this happened. Me I, either. I never knew until you brought it a, up. A friend of mine was like, hey, we're. We're close to where this happened. I was like, wait, what? And I got my phone. I was like, note to self. And so that was Saturday. And then I thought about it on Sunday. And so Monday after work, 
I was like, I'm going to start this story. And then I started it. And then when I went to bed that night, I had dreams about it. I was like, oh, my God. I dreamt that, like, it was crazy. We were in a family Mexican cartel. I was like, oh, my God. I just, I kept putting in my dream, like, thinking Mm -hmm. through it and all that. And then there is a show. There's a movie that it's called Southlake. I saw it on IMDb. But I couldn't find it on Amazon, Netflix, or Hulu. So I don't know how to watch it. People out there, if you know how to watch it, I don't know. Okay. So there is a movie about it. I mean, it's movie worthy. It's like Goodfellas shit. South Lake. Mm -hmm. You couldn't figure out how to watch it. Yep. All right. That's my story. It's a good one. I've never heard one. Thank you so much. Heard one like that before. All right. Rest in peace, Choppa. All right. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. All right. Bye, y'all. Bye, y'all.